0: what's up everybody it's your boy jamal back with another episode of together in thought here with my beautiful co-host
1: Taylor. hey and everyone
0: thank you guys so much for uh, watching listening um the support that we've gotten from this podcast is very encouraging um especially for us trying like several different podcasts uh going through rebranding trying this thing like several other times, but um, we don't want to get too low on negative con- con- comments or we, we don't want to get too high on um, you guys' praises, but we just want to let you know that we we appreciate you guys and it's unfair to you guys that if we make content just to gain people, so we're not, but we're also not going to make content just to keep the people that we gain, right? We want to be um, authentic authentically ourselves. we want to be the vessels that God created created us to be knowing that there's no specific way that he wants his message delivered. So it could be very blatant Jesus 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 or we can have any authentic conversation knowing that Jesus is in it whether we say his name or not. So just saying thank you guys and we're just gonna jump right into it and not waste any more of your precious time. Today's episode, uh, trying to be very tactful because we know people have certain reasons for getting married mm-hmm. and we want to talk about, uh, talk about the question, is marriage made to make us happy? So I don't know if, Tay, if you want to start start us off or?
1: Um, you can start us off and I'm just going to reference where this topic is kind of coming from, um, we both have read, or did you finish it? Or I think yeah, we I'm both almost read finished it. it. Almost finished. Um, Gary Thomas's Sacred Marriage, and it's a great book. It it touches upon that question, um, and the question is on the front of the book: What if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? Which is can seem like a triggering question like so am I not supposed to be happy in marriage and he addresses that um but yeah so just to reference not to dive too deep into the book in the beginning but he referenced that's where we're getting this kind of referencing this topic so um Jamal I want to start off asking you what are some common misconceptions about marriage and happiness
0: so I feel like it goes even beyond marriage that we take this bad habit into our dating relationships of a lot of people want to be in relationships to be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, A a lot of us don't like being lonely because there's a difference. I was going to say alone, but there's a difference between being lonely and alone because for me, I love being alone and the introvert quiet side of me. I get energy from being by myself and at home. Now, lonely, I never really suffered from loneliness, but I have friends that do. So I get the feeling that when you're lonely, it's obviously not a good feeling. So the obvious solution to most people's loneliness is to be with someone else. So since you feel energetic and, you know, love is such a lovely feeling, right? So
1: or what you think is love.
0: Yeah, so we love love, and we know that when we're dating, we're the happiest, so we tie a lot of being happy with being with somebody. Now, um, somehow, like, the older we get, we obviously don't want to just stay in relationships, so a lot of us think that marriage is just, like, boyfriend and girlfriend on a whole new level. So especially if you're probably one of the single friend that all your friends are married and you're looking at them and just seeing how happy they are, you can easily also confuse them being happy because they found someone. Um, you ever been, I don't know if anyone listening or watching been in that situation where, um, you're in a relationship And then you try to give advice to your single friends and they say like, you don't get it. You found the person that you're going to end up with. So of course Mm -hmm. you're happy. And I feel like there's a big misunderstanding of where the happiness drives from. Like, and maybe some people are happy just because that they're married and they do gain their happiness from marriage. And we're not saying that you can't be happy in your marriage. And we're not saying there's not happy moments in your marriage but our sole source of happiness does not derive from our marriage marriage is just one of the things that has the potential to make us happy
1: Mm -hmm. so is it safe to say that you would advise people to look further and deeper than just the happiness they feel with someone rather like yeah like to look further than just the happy feelings and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. to ask again, man, there's going to be a lot of cliches this episode, but mm-hmm. to be happy with yourself, yeah. to understand that being maybe it's, it just stems from even the first, I guess you have to break the first myth that you're supposed to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not happy, That is a sign that something is wrong. And I feel like we have to break out that mold.
1: Yeah. And like, as you said, being happy with yourself, because. A lot of times we. As you mentioned, being lonely, not just alone, but being lonely and trying to fill that void with another person, which is like they're an imperfect person as well. So like they're trying to fill whatever void or gaps they have, or even if they are full like, you know, their glass is full, you're taking from them without pouring back. So now it's like, eventually, they're going to end up, you know, unless they get remove themselves from that situation, they're going to end up with their glass, like, basically half full, just like you. Um, So yeah, as cliche as it sounds, trying to be content within yourself. And also while you're talking, I thought about like, community and society, because sometimes in community, we kind of like, scorn singleness which is like you go to family gatherings and family's always like oh so where's your where's your other half? you know where's your partner you know people don't want to go to events by themselves people don't want to go like you got to bring a plus one and you don't want to bring a friend as a plus one because now you just look lonely and desperate and like people are questioning you so I think that that was also like sometimes because It's normal to feel lonely. Even when you said that, I'm like, oh, good for you. Because I'll admit I'm an only child or raised as an only child. And I can be by myself. Like I'm perfectly fine in comparison to other people who are very much more extroverted than me. I am totally content being by myself. But there were a lot of times where even when I was younger, when I got into my teenage years, even now, like, well, not now. But there were a lot of times where I felt lonely, where I was like, I wish I at least had a sibling, you know, a twin or something mm-hmm. where that yeah. I can spend time with and stuff. So while romance, romantic relationships kind of like filled that attention, you know, like I, I told you the other day, like, I think when I was younger, middle school, early high school, I like the idea of liking someone rather than actually like, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're young and childish. But I think a part of that was also wanting to be filled by just. Wanting to be around someone, not necessarily the romantic part of it. Um, dang, I, I lost my train. Of- oh, okay. Back to community. So I feel like if we kind of hone in on how it's normal to have that desire, it's normal to want to be around people. It's normal to feel lonely. Mm-hmm. Like God said, "It's not good for man to be alone." And I don't, I don't think it just, it was just in the context of a romantic, like Eve. You know, because mm-hmm. then everyone would. And should be married, then there should always be someone for everyone. Then Paul would not have been single all his life. You know, like I don't think that it's just in the context of marriage and romance, but it's not necessarily good for you to be alone all the time. So I think maybe if community helped nurture and foster togetherness more, we would have less lonely single people and just single people. And Also, the desire of marriage can also form like lonely feelings in a romantic way. And that's that's also normal, but it wouldn't be so Mm. draining, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's You're saying basically that romantic relationships isn't the only cure to loneliness. Like a good friend can cure loneliness.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Like even when people post, you know, there are friendship soulmates absolutely Mm -hmm. like there are friendship well i don't believe in soulmates, but you know what i mean like just the the idea that that love can be fostered in so many other ways i've had friendships where i'm like wow i love you i have friends i have friends like outside of just us and our marriage and i'm just like you are an amazing person and how can i lift you up more and i've also been praying to like how can i be a better friend because i don't think that society always puts an emphasis on friendships and the true beauty of yeah the, two, the the true beauty of friendship in a in an organic wholesome and pure way you know because it's also that temptation of like okay well I don't want to bring a friend and then what if I feel like I don't want to say it like Where guys kind of want to protect their sexuality. So they don't want to be super like, I love you. Like they don't want to say I love you, bro, because they don't want to come off gay if they're not gay. And then they don't want also other people questioning if they're gay because now it's like just more normalized and homosexuality. So it's like, I don't want people thinking I'm a lesbian. I don't want people thinking I'm gay. So people kind of shelter themselves more, but fostering real true friendship outside of the sexual component in a wholesome and pure way.
0: Yeah, you articulated that beautifully. Like, I really enjoy that idea of like, we, there's so much emphasis on meant to be with my wife or my husband, but there's not enough talk of like, yo, my best friend was destined in my life. It's so much more on the romantic side that, um, it puts so much more of like making it more valuable to see like my friends like that, like my, my really close friends that, Yo, I think, again, like like we said, we don't believe in soulmates, but there's something ordained here in this relationship, and you're, like, literally my best friend. Um,
1: yeah, and it shows I, character.
0: Yeah, and it comes from, I also think it comes from us feeling, like, the the whole idea of the other half, right? Like we try to unlearn certain vocabulary that sounds sweet and it sounds like so adorable, but we had to stop calling ourselves like each other's halves because, well, we understand that it has to be two whole people coming Mm -hmm. into a relationship, right? Like there's no, oh, you complete me, right? And that's because of that kind of language in our culture. A lot of people believe that since they don't have that person to complete them, they believe that they are uncomplete. And then they tie their unhappiness like I'm unhappy and I'm incomplete. That means I will not be happy until I'm complete. And the only way I can be complete is by being with my other half. Yeah. And there's like a mathematical equation on there's like three of them and two of them don't equal like a solid whole foundation. It's two unhappy people believing that they need to be two people to complete themselves. But if you get two one happy person plus another unhappy person, they're just gonna be unhappy together. Yeah. And if you take a unhappy person and put them with a happy person and we're and we're losing using happy loose loosely, it's just more so more happy as a synonym for confident, I guess. Like they're confident in being and they know that they don't need they don't need anyone. Yeah, so like, you're a
1: lot more secure in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: so like if you take an unhappy person with a happy person, that unhappy person is going to drain the happy person. The happy person is going to feel like they have to always keep the leg up going. Yeah. And the only solution that seems fit is that it has to be two whole people. Like one plus one equals one. Yeah. Like now you have two, you, you and your partner are both filling in and taking from each other because yeah. you guys obviously no one's 100% every day but when you have two people that are secure and confident in their wholeness then you can have a proper chemistry of when one is down the other lifts them up and and vice versa
1: yeah and um i think a a substitute for the word happy in your that was that was well said babe and um to help with the happy uh, verbiage of it is more so like a secure and insecure person mm-hmm. and i think sometimes with some words we kind of take them way too personally where it's like i'm not insecure who you calling insecure mm-hmm. you know and even in our relationship i remember when you would call me out on certain things and i would be like what who you calling insecure what are you talking about um but there's so many different ways that you can be insecure and it reminded me of the verse iron sharpened I- iron sharpens iron which is like probably a totally different context but it just makes me think of like two strong people are going to continue to strengthen up each other Mm -hmm. and work together and that doesn't mean that you're perfect but a secure person is not perfect but they have more of the foundational tools at their disposal Mm -hmm. whereas an insecure person doesn't they don't know how to communicate their feelings in a healthy way at sometimes they don't know how to respond in a way that is non-accusatory you know they don't know how to um breathe and reflect take a step back and um be alone they don't know how to spend time with themselves you know maybe they need to stick to you all the time and when they're not they have that um anxiety between them you know what i mean so those are the different ways that it's like someone who is more secure in themselves is not perfect. They may still mess up. They may still um, have those tough feelings, but they know how to articulate it or they know how to say, you know what? I'm about to bug out. Let me just take a step back. Or when they do flip out, they know how to apologize. They know how to step up and say, you know what? This is not worth it. I messed up. You know, I'm sorry. Whereas the other person is maybe more toxic, maybe has to go out of their way to, to complete, you know, do certain actions to get your attention that are harmful to themselves and to you, you know, that that's just mm-hmm. one example, but yeah. I, I think that's a better way of like, cause I don't, I also don't want to give off the impression to people that you have to have all your ducks in a row. You have to, um, be happy all the time. And in a relationship you're two whole people are just going to be happy all the time and pouring and pouring. And, and it's just this beautiful, like, It's not that it's that you are secure in yourself and you know how to communicate. And when you don't know how to communicate, you can say, I don't know how to how to articulate this right now. I've never been through this. I've never, you know, had anxiety about a new job. So I'm freaking out and I don't you know, I'm (laughs) I need some space right now or um, maybe I didn't know I needed space. So I flipped out on you and I'm sorry, like that's you're still going to have the problems. It's about how you tackle the problems, whereas you're not kicking and screaming and. neighbors all hear you
0: Mm -hmm. and I want to take a second to talk to the um the secure people right because I feel like it's easy to dog on the insecure people and give them advice such as like hey you know focus on yourself learn to love yourself do not involve your mess into someone else's life of like hey this person is going to complete me like you're going to come off needy like There's a lot of lessons on that. I feel like of loving yourself, but to the, but the secure person isn't off the hook or safe either. Meaning, and this relates, I relate to this more so that I find myself always trying to be Mr. Save them all, right. That Mm -hmm. I can help everybody that God blessed me with enough energy and love to pour into everyone that I encounter. Right. And That is just not the case, right? If you see someone that you're interested in, that's insecure, there's two options. And one sounds harsh, but it's like the reality of it of you should like leave that person alone. It's the same way where um, someone that's saved, believing that they can bring this unbeliever into like to Jesus. Sure. Like that is a possibility, but like we're kind of advised not to even take that chance. Like, again, It's it's not it's the exception, not the rule that relationships that do end up flourishing and the unsafe person becomes saved. That's a very, very that's very that's the minority. So it's very unlikely. And this sounds like brutally honest, but it's the truth that it's very unlikely that you can save an insecure person. Now, the second option is like, again, you don't have to give up. It's a way of going about it, whether you play the long game and you just be their friend. But again, it's like muddy waters. But like if you do go down this path, you have to like be their friend and not their crutch. You can't just be like, all right, I have enough secure that this person can lean on me. But no matter time and time again, no matter taking all out all the emotion out of it, nine times out of ten. It's just a sad reality. uh, Dark, evil energy usually absorbs the positive... Like, it's just something about it that their insecurities are kind of like make you more insecure more than you make them secure until they can stir up the security within themselves. Like, it's so easy for... It's so easy for you to spread your doubt because to not, like, to gain confidence, that's something from more so within. Like, I'm not saying that you can't uh, pray, like, confidence for someone, but someone at the end of the day has to decide to be confident for themselves. And you're making a face.
1: Okay. I'm making a face because I I partly agree. I part. I agree to an extent. Yeah, rebuttal. To a very, very... Um, is there an extent? I don't know. I just think, first of all, as I'm going to probably repeat something along the lines of this throughout every conversation or at some point throughout this podcast, throughout all the podcast episodes, there's no one size fits all. So I think it's very, things, situations are very subjective. There are nuances, there are circumstances that you just, Like, like, we don't know you. So I think there's different circumstances that it works and different circumstances that it doesn't. Um, I understand where you're coming from, but I just also see where it can kind of get misconstrued. So. I think I'm trying to, like, put it together in a way because there's two points. One, I think people and you see it often kind of put themselves in a pedestal already period it's so much people are so quick to put themselves as i'm not the quote-unquote insecure one and quite frankly i think we all are at some point or another either we have been or we still have some type of insecure or insecure slash immaturities within us that we're all working on all right so so i think
0: let's stay on that Yes, we all have insecurities, but we're talking about our immaturities, but we're specifically talking about the immaturity and the insecurity of feeling complete on their own. So yes, the confident person has insecurities in other areas other than feeling alone. No, fine. So, So
1: then if you're specifically just talking about being alone versus not like someone who literally is incapable, but then I also think we can't, Focus so heavily on like it's all about your heart posture right so in terms of a lot of people don't want to be alone like I knew I wanted to be married ever since I was a little girl just because I knew I wanted to be married ever since I was a little girl doesn't mean oh so that's the only reason multiple things can be true there are some people that you know we've seen circumstances of and whatever that like there's strictly just with this specific person because they don't want to be alone because that person is a is keeping the seat warm that person is is a it's a holding spot no you should not be the holding spot to anyone if they're just incapable of being alone that's a problem that's once you notice that that's kind of um that's a problem point of course I didn't know you were talking strictly about an insecure person who can't be alone but i also don't want to i thought we were talking about multiple like the insecurities of just just no we're not having the tools of not having the tools to incorporate in your relationship no we're
0: talking about completeness and and i just and i led it with people that are insecure your lesson is gain confidence and understanding that you don't need to be married like get yourself right but yeah. there's never any focus and lesson on the person that did get themselves right, and just but they find then. someone that they're interested in. Because I'm, I was waiting for Chad to hear like anything. Like you wasn't saying anything that pertained to what I was saying in sense that.
1: No, because no, thought you go were be with
0: somebody. Uh, like if you if you're securing yourself, go be with someone else that's secure. Yeah. And the insecure person, you already have your lesson. Gain confidence, and you may have the opportunity to be with the person that's confident. Or again, again, there's no like soulmates, right? Wait until the next go around. That when the when the next confident man or woman approaches you, you are securing yourself that you don't that you're not desperate, that you're not gonna throw yourself to the first person that likes you because yeah. you're confident in yourself.
1: No, you're right. I didn't know that it was talking to that extreme. I thought because also I think wholeness can be kind of emphasized to the point where someone can question well how do i really know that i'm whole like okay yes i know i don't have to be married but i really want to be you know so i also want to talk to that person like sometimes it's just not a one size fits all i don't know maybe i'm not making sense sorry (laughs) y'all like i didn't i didn't know you were specifically just talking to the very very obvious cases of someone who cannot be alone um because I think there's extremes. I think there's an ex, there's an extreme where there's someone who cannot be alone. And they exhibit that. And you know who that person is probably in your life. But then there's the kind of middle ground. Or there's this range where you're kind of more towards the confident side. But you do know you want to be with someone. And that's just, it is what it is. Not that you'll be with anyone. But it's like, no, but I want to be married. And then it goes into, there's no... The one I'm i want to be married, so I'm going to choose who I'm going to be married to. And that's just that.
0: I don't think there's a range. I think, you know, and especially you only know from everything outside of romance and love that we talked about in previous relationships. Where are you in life, your job? What are your goals, your own ambitions, getting to know yourself? Right. Okay. So there are very much signs that, again, we already discussed this. Yes, you don't have to be at the finish line but you have to know that you're at least in the race, that you're in the middle of something.
1: Okay. So like you just mentioned, you have a job, you have a, this, you have a, that. Yes. There were times where we were not, con- we wouldn't have been considered whole on the external standpoint. And before you
0: continue that point, no, go we ahead. already mentioned that point. I told you before, if I went back, we would not have been dating. Until no, we wouldn't visit. have. So we already went through that. Point. So
1: that's why I'm saying, I think it's subjective. I think that some things are not as clear-cut, cookie-cutter as people think it is. So we we already know this. I'm just saying this to the audience so that it's not a very assumed thing that we're saying. No, if you see someone who doesn't have their stuff together, then kick them to the curb, move on to the next one, get married to the next guy. Like, but no one said that, that. So I'm just saying, because you said, oh, you could stay less, stay friends. But in reality, like, when does that work? You know, yes, that's the same I'm thing like, a faith. very... Something in terms of friendship... And getting to know someone sometimes, especially if you're both working on your own thing, sometimes the li- the timing aligns in a way that it does make sense. Sometimes you don't have it together right away. I did not have it together. We wouldn't have had it together within up until the last few years. That means to a certain point, people shouldn't even be talking about dating, courting. And yes, we talked about, yes, they exactly. shouldn't be. But I'm just saying. I'm All right, let's. No. So that's why I'm
0: trying to say where you keep bringing up us, us, us. And I'm trying to tell you, yes, what we did, I will not follow our blueprint. And the whole point of hindsight and the whole point of lessons is this podcast. I didn't have this podcast. And I mean, this podcast, I mean, the game that we're spinning from our mistakes, that it's not to be assumed, which is why we're making an episode. Things that are assumed People don't talk about because it's assumed. So no, I'm not it's not assuming. to be assumed
1: that it doesn't work. Is what I said. It's not to be no, assumed n- that it works or that it doesn't work.
0: No, you can assume the likelihood from countless of like. There's a there's a whole blanket thing of especially being specific. Someone that's secure. That's it's not the likelihood and your odds and probability of being with someone that's insecure. Not having no insecurities or security we're talking about someone that knows they don't have to be married and being with someone that's desperate to be married is oh, but not, then
1: we weren't in that position either i
0: know so, but that's so what so then, so why then never mind so
1: then never mind i i okay as i said i didn't know you were talking about just this very specifics of never mind so <laughs> just moving to- on then because i was just i was talking about the people who would qu- overly question themselves Of the desire to get married. Let me. Okay. Then let me clarify myself. You were. You did. Yeah. All right. So it's over. That's. I was just trying. I'm segue. Yeah. Go ahead. Segway.
0: (laughs) So. I believe it's very possible that you can be happy and single. Right. People think that here all probably a sermon or again, seeing their friends that. Everyone wants, not everyone, but a majority of people want to be married. But I don't want to, I don't think we should confuse wanting to be married. And again, when I say we don't need to be married, I'm not saying it's bad to have the desire. I have the desire um, and I'm married, but it's too, but I can have the desire to be married, but still have the understanding That this is not like my purpose in life. That it's not going to break me. That if I don't end up married, I'm not going to feel worthless. And I feel like a lot of people tie their identity and their purpose on this earth with being married. And they believe that being single is unfulfilling. That they can't live a fulfilling life. And it's hard trying to bring examples because like yes, you have your nuns, you have your monks, you have the early writers of the Bible that chose the life of singleness. but <clears throat> I believe that God put that desire in their heart, right. And if you don't have the heart, so I'm also don't want to get confused that if you don't have the heart desire because that is a supernatural gift, right? People think that marriage is the only gift, but singleness is a gift. There is a gift of singleness. And I believe that God will equip you to live the single life. Now, if that's not a desire in your heart to be single, then it's okay to lean on your desire to be married. But now, if you don't have the gift of singleness, now you have to lean on the gift of patience and understanding that God will fulfill that need too. You do not have to be in control of your life to the extent that you do not have to make sure that you do not leave this earth um, single, that you do not die a single person. Like that's not up to you. You have to. Instead of looking for the spouse, woman, why don't you prepare and already be ready for when the spouse, your spouse finds you, you already ready, husbands. Instead of looking for the spouse, as you are the hunter. Some of some of us have been looking for our spouse prematurely when we don't have the proper tools to go on a hunt. When we don't have the proper tools that when we find the wife. What, what are we doing? We just we just watching Netflix. We just uh, playing connect Four. like I can't you, I can't take my wife out. Um, I can't get her things that she needs like. That's why when we mention us. I will want to start over so like start over and do a lot of redo a lot of things even though like yes by the grace of god we are where we are today there's so much i would do different that i would i would prepare better i feel like i believe i'm a great husband but i feel like just because i could be better doesn't mean i'm bad but i feel like i would have gave myself a head start and a leg up before we got married
1: yeah um So, I guess, like, I feel like we already talked about it in a way in terms of wanting to get married for our own inability to be alone. But I was going to refer to this quote from the book and ask you a question based on the quote. So, the quote is, the reason the marriage relationship is often seen as selfish is because our motivations for marrying often are selfish. End quote. So what reasons or what examples do you think people get married for selfish, that are selfish? And how can we transform them into unselfish ways? Or or as opposed to the selfish ones, how, how do you see that there are other unselfish reasons as to why people get married
0: so me being a husband i'm not looking i didn't seek you originally i probably did because again this is a mature jamal but as a husband you shouldn't seek a wife to to fit your needs my intentions to looking for you would be i need to look for a wife that i can serve um and that makes it much more selfless because every day I just wake up thinking about how can I serve you. And I I have no room to think about how, like, what are you doing for me? I'm just so focused on and I'm gonna I wanted to say it very cleverly because we're talking about happiness. And again, we believe that you can be happy in marriage, and that's an okay thing to be happy while you're married. So it's funny because I'm so focused on making you happy and that's okay. But I'm not in this just to make myself happy.
1: Um so I wanted to so I'm gonna comment on that, but you mentioning happiness, I wanted to comment another quote that just
0: comment on that first.
1: I feel like it's it goes together. But okay, fine, then I'll I'll comment first. Um, yeah, like, I don't, I don't think not being happiness, not being happiness. I don't think not being happy is, is the goal to aspire to. Like, I'm just going to be this unhappy self-sacrificing person and woe is me because I'm just like, like, I don't think a living sacrifice is that (laughs) being a living sacrifice in your face. Is that just being this very, cynical I don't know how to explain it but I don't think it's like just wearing unhappiness on your face on your face and I even think that some of the reasons that appear to be selfish don't have to be selfish it's just again something that you say often is like your heart posture and your focus so it's not a bad thing to want to be with someone who you believe fits you really well, right? But it's it's the way that you center the focus so much more on you, on yourself, rather than also including the other person in this um, goal of life, of building you know, a life together, of seeking a life partner. So now it's not only just, okay, how does Jamal help me? But it's also, how do I help him? How do I understand him well? How can I, like, how does Jamal help me? How does he help me to feel seen and heard and protected and, um, and loved? Cause that's like the roles of a husband. So prior to marriage, like, how do I trust him to be that for me? Cause obviously you want to make a wise choice. You don't just want to like willy nilly walk down the street and say, Yep, I'm gonna choose to protect and serve her. She is beautiful. I'm gonna lay down my life to her, and I'm gonna be a great husband to her. That's also not the way to do it, unless God yeah. literally like opened up skies and said, "Yeah, yeah do that's that." Exactly like exactly what he told Isaiah. me.
0: He was like, "Yo, Jamal, you gotta be her guy." I'm like, oh, okay, I guess.
1: Right. Anyways, he was joking. <laughs> so, like, I also think we want to make a wise choice. We obviously want to make the best choice that we can make that helps ourselves. That's like the self preservation in us. Right. But at the same time, it's not only how can I trust him because I want someone who's trustworthy and can protect me and love me. But now how can I be like, can I, can I trust him because he also should have a wife that, that trusts him and, honors him and respects him so it's this vice versa like it's this takes two to tango both this dance you know working together because I do think both are good you also don't want to put yourself in a situation where you are like I just thought of I just thought of you want to make a be- the better choice too not just because of this selfish innate um, self-preservation is not necessarily selfish right and also if you're not making the best possible choice not saying this can't happen because you can make the best choice ever and then the person you're with just completely loses his mind and goes crazy but if you intentionally don't make a good choice like you intentionally choose the guy that you know is not kind is abusive in more ways than one is um isolates you from your family like if you intentionally choose that guy that is just not good for you how does that now affect your family Mm -hmm. how does that affect your parents how does that affect your mother how does that affect your future children if you have any how does that affect your grandchildren if you have any you know what i mean so now you're not only thinking of yourself so i do think there's a part of us that needs to be self-preserve self-preserving um but it's really about the the focus and the heart posture of both of those things working together um and then this says um this isn't to suggest that happiness and holiness are contradictory well start quote um on the contrary i believe we'll live the happiest most joyful most joy-filled lives when we walk in obedience john wesley once boldly proclaimed that it is not possible for a man to be happy who is not also holy and the way he explains it makes much sense who can be truly happy while filled with anger rage and malice who can be happy while nursing resentment or envy who can be honestly happy while caught in the sticky compulsion of an insatiable lust or incessant materialism the glutton may enjoy his food but he does not enjoy his condition so it works together like holiness and seeking the good things also is good for you
0: yeah, it. you got to remember what makes you happy and understanding that service is what makes someone truly happy, right? So no one is saying that I'm unhappy making you happy. It's not a trade-off. It's not, um, yeah, the only, I'm ignoring myself and I'm making myself feel low Just to make my spouse feel high Like no that's not the case I'm going low To raise my spouse up Because I get the pleasure out Making you happy And It leads both from Just love and marriage and all that stuff And that leads straight into sex as well I'm no longer looking Just to get a nut off I'm looking to make you satisfied As much and as long as you want And then I perceive to be satisfied, but I am satisfied from you being satisfied. And that's something that I feel like is like, it takes a little bit of rewiring and not just so focused on me, 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 me. Um, It takes some understanding that he's good. um, It takes some understanding that true happiness comes from unselfishness. Hence, like other, all these other unselfish acts of uh, helping someone like that's homeless or donating to like a children's fund, like understanding that getting what you want is just temporary happiness. But that real joy comes from making someone else happy. And that's just strangers or friends. But imagine the happiness that you get from making your significant other happy. Yeah.
1: And it really does come full circle because when your focus is on the other person, when your focus is on, it's just not on you, you're a lot, you end up complaining less and seeing the glass half empty less because you're not really focused on your glass you're focused on pouring into the other person's life. which again, you still have to self-preserve yourself and all that good stuff. But like, cause I also don't think people should just take it as be a martyr and like be a, uh, what is it? Like a format or something. Um, and that comes from the boundaries that you already set within yourself, whether that was prior to your relationship, prior to marriage, or even if you're in a relationship in, Even if you are married and you're just now discovering what those boundaries are, I think once you develop those healthy um, boundaries within yourself, at that point, you're free to give and serve freely because you know you're not, you know, laying yourself down to, like, the point of literally dying. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you're not literally sacrificing yourself, but you are... um, you're giving up of yourself. And I also wanted to mention, I think when you enter into a relationship like that, like marriage and the heart posture is different, you can be with someone who of course seems like a great catch. You know, they're handsome. They make a lot of money or they make a decent amount of money or whatever, or she's beautiful. She's smart. She's funny. You can get with someone that checks off those boxes for you but the reason you're with them is not because of the superficial boxes the reason you're with those are those are great and that's those are great gifts from God but then the ultimate reason because looks fade money comes and goes status changes people can love you one day and hate you the next but the real reason you're with them that you know them you know you're connected to them On a very core level. And that is important because too many times, especially in culture, it's like, well, what if I fall out of love? And that's why, like, if you're not married, you can just leave. And then even if you are married, a lot of people are just like, okay, I'll just, if it doesn't work out. And people say this in relationships where it's like they adore the person, they love the person, but it's just like this, if it doesn't work out. And we know, as you and I, as I just said minutes ago, I could think I made the best choice. You can lose your marbles 10 years from now. Like, God forbid, you know, I pray for you all the time. Like, God forbid. But just because we recognize that that is a possible, like, anything can happen. The only sure thing is Jesus. That doesn't mean that I'm really going around saying, yeah, if we don't work out, it is what it is. My understanding is that we're in this. We are in this. (laughs) That's it. Like, it's no if we fall out of love, if the looks fade, if the money goes, if those are superficial things. And that's where like people kind of lean into happiness more than they lean into real true love, real true covenantal relationship. Like this is deeper than feelings. We can be unhappy for a year. Like I would hope not, but you know what I mean? Like it's way more than I'm happy with you. I am happy with you, but it's got to be deeper than that. And now when I first read this book and we weren't even engaged, that kind of shook me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Kind of spooked me. But I think there's a reason for that. Marriage is, is deep and it's beautiful. It's a great thing. It pr- can lead you to like great joys, but it's also so much deeper than just a temporary happiness.
0: And understanding that helps us w- with the difficulties that marriage brings such as when we fight or argue or have disagreements, I find myself like waking up because in that moment, I feel like when I'm mad at you and like, I lose my patience, um, I'm interrupting you. I, I like, I like think to myself. I'm like, yo, in this very moment, I want to be heard and I want to be understood, but This is where I feel like it's the true test of your character. Not when everything's good, not when Tay did the dishes or uh, when Tay like rubbed my back. Like, not, it's so easy that to pay back kindness with kindness. But now, like, say it is a thing where it's like, all right, Tay's not being like the obedient wife right now. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? So, like, uh wh- why should i pay back this annoying wife it only makes sense to pay back my annoying wife by being an annoying husband but i have to remember that i'm not in this just for me to gain like yes we want we we can have a like a a nice relaxed less volume lower volume conversation once we cool down but in this moment me interrupting you and being short tempered is helping nobody and we're going nowhere fast. So I believe that remembering that you're here to serve the person as much as a, as it is a temptation not to think about that in the middle of an argument. Um, it's not the, it's not, and don't confuse this with, uh, just ignoring and deflecting and never talking about your emotions like burying it like no one's saying that it's all about in that moment what is the better way to go about this argument and yelling and interrupting isn't going to cut it so remembering that just helps you deliver your point that you're trying to get across even if you're in a disagreement so like we have a disagreement talking at this volume we don't have to interrupt each other or Turn up the volume notch.
1: So. What's the point, Jamal? What are some of the reasons why it's even worth it? Like if I can't step out of a marriage when I'm unhappy, if there's there's this absolute that there is going to come hard times not for everyone clearly i guess if you're part of the bunch that never goes through anything like god bless you but if you're gonna go through hard times whether it's with your partner whether it's just like life happens you lose people money issues happens like whatever situation like tough situation is going to befall you and your household what is the point of tying yourself down when you can just be in a relationship with someone and leave whenever it is that you feel it's ready to move on. Whenever you feel that you've moved on or you've fallen out of love. I know there's probably a ton of different reasons that we can talk about, whether it's the faith or the physical or the whatever. But what are some reasons for you if someone asks you, what's the point?
0: So what's the point in getting married and what's the point of me staying married to you?
1: Both. just Just being married, period. And not even just for me, I'm not even trying to have it be this personal thing. But someone ask you, what is the use of me getting married? What are some of the benefits of me getting and staying married, getting and staying? I'm saying I'm using both because we're assuming that we believe in getting and staying married, period. Like, that's just the assumption. So what do you say? Like, what are some of the benefits?
0: So I'm going to make it personal just because all I know is the personal reason. And I'm with you because I want to be with you. And the highest form of inter- being in a relationship based on what we believe in is marriage. So uh, I usually don't like pressure and I'm a person that loves options. Um,
1: Do you? Yes. The guy who like loves his vanilla ice cream and is happily content with that?
0: Yes, I love my options and it's the, it's not about, it's not about the object itself. It's about the choice to have that object. So yes, I only like vanilla ice cream, but I like the choice that I can eat vanilla ice cream, right? I don't need any other flavor. Um, It's the same with, I'm a very, so I don't want to confuse, uh, love having options and being simple. I love having a variety of options, but my options are very simple. Hence, I'm striving to be an entrepreneur and eventually leave my job because I like the option to not go to that nine to five. That doesn't mean I'm not, I'm going to stop working. And that doesn't mean I'm going to wild out and do stupid stuff. I'm not working. I just like the option to do certain things. So understanding that people think that freedom and limitations are polar opposites when in reality, it's actually you get freedom from limitations. So the whole term tying yourself down, there's a safety with tying yourself down in a sense, right? So it's the same thing you can call it instead of being tied tied down. I'm anchored to something because you don't want to go too far into having too many options because this is where social media comes in and internet information. Too many options actually lead to slavery. There's like a balanced spectrum here. You can be restricted and have no options to have your options taken away, or you can have so many options that you get analysis paralysis that's why you have the subscription model of places like Netflix. We're going to give you a million movies just for you to be hooked on two shows. You have the option to watch all these movies, but we don't, we don't understand that we don't have the capacity for all the, all the options that we can imagine. So yes, as a man keeping it in a buck, no God, no world. Yes. I would like to have the option to have sex with several other different women, right? Like, all different shapes, size and colors. But that's you not knowing how God designed you that I do not have the capacity for it. I can trick myself. Hence why I was addicted to pornography thinking that I can do this. Like it's all about just pleasure and happiness and pleasuring myself. But that's how people can be feel depressed or unfulfilled because they are feeding themselves something that they don't have the capacity to hold so that's why loving you and only you is enough for me because all this energy that i tell myself that if i like was with like several other girls i can do this and that with them i have even all this energy that i can just give to you and i feel like i can't what's the word it's not minimize but um, miss what's the word it's like not misjudge but underestimate how much energy it takes to be a husband to one woman I feel like you know with my limited research of being like poly and men having several wives I think there's a sacrifice that a lot of people don't talk about that there's literally no way for you to spend all that time with your wives like even though like they and they can back it up and they're all friends it's still understanding like keep it a buck it's shared time you're really not getting all of that person
1: but it's not about having multiple wives it's about moving on from wife to wife
0: like i said you don't have the capacity to do that you don't have the you don't have the mainframe otherwise and again people can easily combat that with Uh, there's people that do it so clearly it's possible Mm -hmm. all right cool just because you like forget if you want to take everything that i said and just if i if i can just take all that and put it into something more simpler instead of thinking like oh here's a counter argument for it just because you can do something doesn't mean you should and i'm gonna just let that marinate that and i'm gonna be fake deep with that one right like Oh, what the heck does that mean? Hey, hey, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Now, I believe that there's a lot of spiritual consequences to certain actions, and I'm not the person that believes that. Um, I can't say any physical consequences will come upon you if you don't move the way that you were designed to move because you have people that flourish in these systems. You have people that flourish having several wives. Cool, but I don't dictate your outco- your external circumstances or your external uh, material like possessions as a sign that you made the right choice. I believe there's something internally with us that we have to ignore to engage in certain activities and lifestyles.
1: The way that God made us, you mean? Yeah, like ignore.
0: Like you have to, I feel like there's something innate in us that we are like the concept that people say like I've buried this deep, deep down in my subconscious and just living off the high of pleasure because there's something beautiful about commitment. So back to limitation commitment scares a lot of people just Mm -hmm. keeping it real that a lot of people don't it's it's scary Mm -hmm. and that coming that's coming from someone that doesn't like pressure um someone that like i'm good at what i do but just don't put pressure on it and like let me cook but like when my back's against the wall i don't fold but there's a huge temptation to fold and just again by the grace of god that I didn't fold, but I want to say, I, there was times of being so close of folding under pressure that I don't intentionally search for it because there's no guarantee that I will not fold. And that is honestly scary. So even here, and I tell you this all the time, and you ask that, this question of, um, Jamal, how do you not like, it doesn't, isn't it scary that we're capable of doing something terrible to each other like you literally could be sleeping with someone else like you could be and i would like there's nothing like i don't put past i don't put nothing past anyone and that can be such a terrible feeling that it's like no you want to believe that your per that your person can't do it Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't fool myself with that yeah now and not and. I don't have, and the opposite of that isn't worrying. Like I'm not worrying if you are, I can say, and I understand that you have the power and I feel like it's the concept of high risk, high reward. Mm -hmm. And that's where like, you know, whether that be in investing and all this stuff that you get such a high reward for the risk you take, this love wouldn't be as valuable if you did not have the option to either leave or cheat on me. Yeah. Because you have the power to destroy my heart, literally. That just make e- makes it even mean more that I gave you that power to do that.
1: Yeah, and to comment on that, I also want to like clarify that we've had these conversations where, like, I don't put anything past anyone, and I feel like people could hear that and be like, "Oh my gosh, that sounds like such a non." trusting situation because i would hear people say that and typically i hear it from a very cynical point of view where it's like i've been hurt so many times so i don't trust anyone i've been hurt so many times so i don't you know anyone's capable of anything and quite frankly like i haven't been through a lot in terms of betrayal in comparison to what i've heard that other people have been through i haven't i haven't been through that much it doesn't come from a cynical place my reality of saying that and i don't think you do Either, like I don't think it comes from this place of like being hurt and scorned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to clarify that like while we believe that anybody is capable of anything, I don't believe that. I believe that you can. I don't believe that you will, and that's my mentality on yeah. a lot of things. Like I believe, just like I've heard a yeah. lot of different stories of, you know, man been having an aff- you know husband having an affair for ten years and all this stuff and the reality is like people can say how do you know your husband can't do that how do you know your husband wouldn't I believe he can I believe you can you're a human being I just don't believe you will and that's because also I believe when you love someone that is natural and normal that's why it hurts so bad that's why it's called a betrayal that's you know because it is normal for you to believe and pull out the best in the person that you're with it is absolutely normal and it's to be expected so i believe and i pull out the best in you and i you believe and you pull out the best in me and through that belief i think we also live up to it too right like because you believe the best in me because you're not constantly i'm not coming home and you're badgering me or or you're you know questioning me like because i know that not just in terms of cheating or leaving but just in terms of just like maintaining a home or you know making food or whatever because I believe that like there's a standard that my husband believes the best out of me I want the best to come out of me for him and I've seen the same thing in you so just that's kind of where that philosophy kind of comes from too for more um and there was a lot that I had wanted to respond back to you with and unless you're saying but I'm just gathering it um the benefits of marriage for me you mentioned pleasure and commitment and i think because commitment is there's so much fruit that comes out of genuine pure commitment in us whether it's in a romantic relationship whether it's in friendships family like the the good character traits there's so much fruit that comes out of it that like you can't deny it because there's so much negatives that come from the opposite of just like living for yourself and living a life just for pleasure. Um, Jordan Peterson talks a lot about like a person who just lives for pleasure and doesn't have something, you know, real to live up to and how that's, that's not a good, it's just not a good existence. It doesn't, it doesn't call you to live up to more. Um, and I wanted to also comment on like the idea of romanticism and being in love and all these things and I think like there's a there's a natural physical fruit I think that comes out of like commitment and um I think uh Gary Thomas talks about it in this book like when we are first in love there's a lot of things that you naturally want to do Um, you want to stay up all night. You want to give all your time to this person. You want to like, when people are in love, they start saying things that they wouldn't actually ever want to do, but they just are saying things to the person that they love. And they start making all these grand commitments to the person that like, so I think the feelings are good. Like Pastor Paul Lavaultier says, like feelings are like the seasoning to life. Right. So like they kind of inspire us to move. But they can't be the sole reason as to why we do things, and I think when we see things through, past the feelings, when we make commitments, past just the feelings. Which again, feelings are good and the warm fuzzies, the butterflies, all that is good. But um, if you, I don't think your decision making should be based just off that, because feelings can be skewed by so many things, right? Um, so I also wanted to come a couple more quotes that kind of help with my. Uh, thought process um this quote is in the book but he quotes it from the screw tape letters c.s lewis and c.s lewis says humans who have not the gift of sexual abstinence can be deterred from seeking marriage as a solution because they do not find themselves quote unquote in love and thanks to us the idea of marrying with any other motive seems to them low and cynical yes they think that they regard the intention of loyalty to a partnership for mutual help for the preservation of chastity, and for the transmission of life as something lower than a storm of emotion. Um, And I think people can see that and just assume, so am I not allowed to have a storm of emotions? And um, I don't personally see it that way. I see it as like, because people idolize emotions and fantasy and romanticism so much, we base our lives off of it so anything else that seems deeper is actually that anything else that is deeper but seems lesser than your heightened emotions is just deemed automatically like it's just it takes the back it's on the back burner you know and now you have these emotions that are temporary but seem so much stronger and then you make a decision off of it and then it fades and then you have this decision, whether that's that you married based on these crazy emotions, but you ignored all these other things that like, you know, all these other character traits or important factors or you're married. And because this is talking about, like, I guess people who would rather not marry because they don't feel the wave of emotions. Right. But I I also see it because we're talking about staying married and the beauty of marriage of like people who no longer feel the wave of emotions And therefore they say the excuse of like, I fell out of love or we grew apart. We're two different people now. And they see the points of staying married as less than their wave of emotions. And that's also temporary. So now it's like you're making this huge decision to separate yourself from someone that you decided to join yourself to as one. And now you're, you're separating because of this. This wave of emotion or lack thereof. And I connect it to my faith because there are times where I feel very heavily emotional when it comes to God. And there's times where I don't feel emotional. There's times I don't feel emotional at all. I'm just like, I don't. I know you're real. I know, you know, I guess like that's that's a gift that God gave me. Like, I I always believe that God is real. But there's times I don't feel anything. That doesn't stop my commitment. That doesn't stop God from being God just because I don't feel him. And it's it's up and down, especially if you're a very emotional person. It's very up or down. Or if you're not an emotional person, there's people who have doubted God because they feel like I'm not a very emotional person. I don't feel him like at all. So I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with that. Like life is not based off of just your emotions. And reality is not based off just your emotions. They're good, but it's, it's the seasoning and we have to prioritize it as such.
0: Yeah. And if we have an understanding of being whole, right. And understanding that God is the only entity that has the capabilities of completing that emptiness, not your spouse, that your spouse can be a vessel of that love, but ultimately your spouse is not responsible for your happiness. Now, let's keep it a buck and keep it tangible that yes, we are creatures of emotions. And like you said, the seasoning of life, there are ways that we have to understand how to find ways to make ourselves happy outside of our spouse. So like, there's the obvious that, you know, take your sp- spouse out to a date night or play, um, go out, um, play board games and all that stuff. But we have our own thing. Uniqueness because we're whole, we don't do everything together. Like, I love that we do this podcast and this podcast bringing me joy, but you know, I edit this podcast on my own. Like you draw, like you don't need my help to draw or paint and all that stuff. Uh there's shows that you watch, there's shows that we watch together. There's there's movies that I specifically like, right? I play video games with my guys. There's ways and outlets that again, we understand that we don't want to confuse you feeling ashamed that you're unhappy, that oh Jamal and Tay said this and that, and I'm supposed to be happy all the time. And if I'm not serving, if I don't get that same, if I don't feel happy serving my spouse, I'm an evil person. Like we're not saying none of that. Serving your spouse is, is a skill. And I say that just so that people don't feel like that's something that, oh, I'm just not that person. It can be learned.
1: Mm-hmm. Now
0: again, you are going to be air quote unhappy, but like Tay said, unhappy and move my emotion is not the way to go to make a permanent decision such as divorce. How can you, how can you create an outlet for your unhappiness? Well, one, are you talking to your spouse? And then two, again, you may feel unhappy just because you're unhappy. You're unhappy. <laughs> Sorry,
1: I finished that because I was just thinking it. Like sometimes I'm just unhappy because I'm unhappy, and it has nothing to do with you. Sometimes I'm just like depressed for a moment.
0: Yeah, and I feel like you find like you hid uh, you hid under this facade that again, now that I'm married, I'm complete. But since you just put a bandaid over the wound, you're gonna feel the effects of that wound, and now you're looking like yo. I thought you had an answer. But you're not. I got to go. Or
1: this is it. Yeah. This this is all there is. I thought marriage was fairy tales every day. Just this is it. This is all you got to give me.
0: (laughs) So that shows that there's a difference between short term happiness and long term happiness. And understanding that marriage is a long term happiness with many short term happiness within it. (laughs) Right. So like because it's such a long term happiness. There's going to be unhappy moments in there and we have to remember that it's not a, wow, that's crazy, right? There is an emphasis on long-term happiness versus short-term happiness. But why do we only remember the unhappiness and understanding and we don't put short-term under the unhappiness? Like when we fight, it's like especially before we got married and while we were dating. Cause again, we put a lot of marriage qualities into our dating lives. When we fight in a regular relationship, you're not thinking, all right, this will be better in five minutes. You're thinking, does this person even know me? What am I doing here? Oh, I made the wrong decision. Like it's, you're, you're, you're making this unhappy moment a long-term unhappiness that you need to get out of because who wants to be unhappy long-term, right? So I feel like we have to distinguish and remember that when you're married, this is a marathon and you're going to have moments. And I speak from a a pro at self-sabotage that I dwell more. On the bad feelings. Than the good feelings. And that's us as humans. That we like to remember the pain more than the 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 good times. And we have to remember that we can't make permanent decisions off temporary. Again, we can't make decisions off temporary happiness either. But a even bigger. We can't make a bigger emphasis that we can't make decisions off temporary unhappiness. So Tay, I wanna ask you, are you happy in our marriage?
1: Yeah, I'm happy in our marriage.
0: Yeah, I'm happy in our marriage. Yeah. yeah. Are you
1: No, I'm I'm very happy in our marriage. Are you happy
0: I- in our marriage? I- yeah. <laughs> like talk like how you talk on the phone. No, because I Hi, was like, Hi, this, this is Marshall.
1: And no. anyway um yeah i'm this, happy that have that question it, caught me off guard because it was such a low emphasis on happiness in your whole speech and then you asked me if i'm happy and i'm like yeah i'm happy but is that the goal that we're stretching to other people but yes no i am very happy in our marriage um i'm extremely happy in our marriage i think more so what i focus on is that like i'm joyful like there's mm-hmm. a i have a real joy in our marriage um we have a lot of happy moments. We laugh a lot. Like I love our moments in our home where we laugh together. We smile together. We share memories together. We share dreams. Like I'm very happy and I'm very joyful. Um, but yeah, I I thought you were coming from the aspect of not emphasizing happiness. So that's why I was like, it kind of caught me off guard. And also again, just reminding people like sometimes I'm just Sometimes you as a person are going to be unhappy because you're unhappy from external circumstances. So there's Mm -hmm. been times where I've been unhappy in the what six months we've been married and I've been unhappy due to external circumstances such as family drama or someone passing away or dissatisfaction at a job. You know, like I've had very unhappy moments, but they've had nothing to do with you. So, yeah. But am I happy with you? Very happy. (laughs) I always have to give a long. Jamal, are you happy in your marriage with me?
0: Yo, I am ecstatic. (laughs) Like, this is so perfect. And it couldn't have gone better than any way that I imagined it. Because, like yeah I want it to be somewhere hot like yo if we were married in Hawaii oh my but gosh, North yes. Carolina is good enough because it is summer and it's nice well, it's about to be summer but it feels like summer it's way warmer than New York so I am extravagant like feliz you know I mean, <laughs> right so
1: oh my gosh Jamal you know what I think I think your happiness is so much more like it you're you come off so much more excited. And I don't know if just our joy manifests itself differently in these six months of being married, but you're just so much more excited and energetic. And for me, I just feel like I'm so in a place of peace and happiness and contentment that it's like a, that's why like, it's a very smooth, just, I don't know. I feel like it's a Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon in a lot of times when I'm here home with you and Ryder.
0: Cause the thing is marriage can be a source of your unhappiness and we didn't really touch on, uh, like we said, the one shoe doesn't fit all. So yes, are there marriages out there that are causing unhappiness that your choice of a spouse wasn't the best one. Um, but we believe that God still commands you to stick it out unless that other person decides, you know, to decide to end it but you um for me i just stopped caring being unhappy and that sounds weird but Mm -hmm. it it takes a lot of energy to be miserable like (laughs) you know how much work like you know how much work i put into hating myself it took a lot of work (laughs) like you think making yourself happy is a lot of work yo i was that's why you sleep all the time when you're unhappy because you drain yourself being miserable, you're looking to be unhappy. Like, yes, can external circumstances happen to you that make you unhappy? But guess what makes that worse? You tag teaming your spouse make you unhappy by making your own self, yourself unhappy, by blaming yourself, hating them, not looking for other outlets or outside of God Himself. That bring joy. That whether that be like we said, friends, a community, a dog that won't stop making noise while I'm trying to record my podcast. Writer, anyway, he's not even
1: doing (laughs) that. Why you gotta come for writer? He's over here playing with his little toy. He's over here just looking at you in admiration. Writer, are you happy? He's mad happy.
0: Do you even understand the concept that I married your mom?
1: He is so happy. I think he understands. I really think he does. <laughs> Meanwhile, mm. he's like, huh? <laughs>
0: how How have you deal, dealt with unhappiness? Unhappy moments in our relationship? Mm.
1: Talking to you. um, Yeah, I think unhappy re- moments in our relationship. It's really just been us talking to each other mm-hmm. and choosing to be vulnerable instead of choosing to like isolate ourselves which is sometimes can be very hard for sure um so it's a mix of of choosing to be vulnerable and not in an isolating way but in an intentional way taking time to myself to process what it is that i'm actually that's actually happening so i so processing my emotions in a way this can come off very analytical because I don't know if it's also noticeable in the podcast. I think I like overanalyze and I'm over analytical with my answers and just my thought process, which I can kind of wusa type. Uh, this is why we're good for each other because you're a lot, you can be a lot more Zen than me actually, or just, yeah. Um, but for me, it has helped me to kind of, Allow myself to feel my feelings, but then analyze that my decision making doesn't have to be based on my feelings and to look at a situation and see what's actually happening. Am I upset because something actually went went wrong and I, you know, I feel that something actually happened that was wrong and I can communicate that with you? Or am I upset because of a mix of feelings and you got him hype? Writer, go to bed. Okay, talking to a dog. Go to bed. Sorry, y'all. I think he's going to make his debut in every podcast because he wants to. Um, but yeah, or am I just unhappy about something that is more like external factors that you're just caught up in the whirlwind about and making that differentiation is is how I also think I've confronted those feelings with you because if if it's about you, then I just communicate that with you never be about me and i just say hey jamal it hurt my feelings how you went about this i don't know um and just being honest with you or if it's the other end where it's like it really it doesn't have to do with you still going to you and saying hey um i'm hurt because x y and z i'm hurt because of my art or my job or family discord or whatever and i'm taking it out on you you know being honest because sometimes that happens i'm taking it out on you and i'm really tired and i'm sorry and yeah how about you jamal how do you feel you have worked on um any unhappiness in our relationship in the past and how have you gotten better
0: uh, i told you i stopped caring
1: oh yeah you did say that so, um we didn't definitely. talk about Sorry, because you already answered the question so I guess like longer term then what do you think are factors that contribute to like in a marriage because like we haven't been married that long but what do you think are factors that contribute to unhappiness in a marriage long term and in our limited viewpoint what do you think are some ways that we can kind of like work on like what would be your advice to someone in your limited viewpoint
0: thinking bigger picture putting God first and Jesus first what would Jesus do husbands um Jesus loves a church and we're the church and we're completely imperfect so he loves us so I just think about the long-term goal that me loving you is what is perfecting you not the obvious like people think here's a here's a hack husbands this is how you build a wife. You build her up, not by giving her a list of things you want her to be. You build her up by loving her and building an environment for her to form into the woman that she wants to be. So giving her the tools that she needs to become the woman that God wants her to be, you're supposed to help her. So as long as I'm focused on that, it's a law of replacement. It's not about never be unhappy. You just, all you have to do are our, our brains can't multitask. So, I'm just too focused on loving you. I'm just too focused on uh, being the best husband I can be for you. So I don't have any time to focus on unhappiness, to think of my own needs and to be selfish. And when I do find my moments again, cause I'm not perfect, there will be moments that I fall short. I just have to remind myself and have key moments that I'm here to love you and love you all the time. So,
1: um i feel that i definitely feel that so just to let you know it's it's um it's a good environment it feels like a very safe environment to grow in as a wife from the wife's perspective um in this limited experience and viewpoint of marriage that we have it is
0: Shoot, it better be a great environment. I'm paying all this money to. That's
1: not what I'm talking up. about. I'm talking about six months in. It's not that long of a journey in marriage. But I feel, I feel you're covering in love. I feel you believing and pulling the best out of me. I feel you giving me a space where I can just be, where I can just breathe. You know, like we're not home just uptight talking about <laughs> marriage all day. You know, like I feel Merge. that just the peace of just like breathing um and being at peace and I think that's such a good space to be in because marriage is great but it's also great when you're married to someone that's like you give me the space to just be and I hope that I also give you the space to just be we're just two people still growing as individuals and also still growing together and I think that's what makes it so like lovely. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I just feel like I'm in a, a Sunday morning days still when it comes to our marriage. Um, not to sound super like <laughs> perfection, you know, all everything is, but I, I feel that like it's like a honeymoon Sunday morning days or Saturday morning lazy days where it's just like life is good right now. And even when it's hard when we know it's gonna be hard we're ready we're ready to (laughs) you know put our fist up and fight it out together side by side not fight each other i hope that was
0: obvious (laughs) pointing right at me
1: anyways any last words mr marshall
0: thank you guys for listening to the to today's episode we'll uh, feel free to comment below on this video or any one of our videos, like with prayer requests, especially uh, pertaining to your marriage. Uh, we love love and um, I have a saying all the time when anyone asks me how my, how marriage is. I always say it's 10 out of 10 and I highly recommend. So we believe that marriage is the greatest choice that two individuals can make towards uh, to be together forever. So uh, signing off. This is your boy Jamal Tay.
1: Peace out, y'all.
0: Later.